You're listening to Mapleview Community Church Podcast. We began the year with the wind and fire of the Holy Spirit. We could never have imagined all the different challenges and things that have come through this globe, even from a climate perspective in the last number of uh, months. Um, but it needs, we need to be reset. We need to be restarted. There's lots happening. And I don't want you to grow cold or lukewarm in this day that we're living in. And so we are uh, starting our third part of our series, Living with the End in Mind. And there's a, that's a coin with the head of our dream from Daniel chapter 2. We have the verse of scripture that kind of I began with many, uh, well, at least I gave the uh, creative team a while back. See, the Lord is coming with fire. His chariots are like a whirlwind. He will bring down his anger and fury and his rebuke with flames of fire. And last week we began with the verse of scripture from Peter where it says, but the day of the Lord will come as unexpectedly as a thief. I mean, it's going to come quickly. It's going to come unexpectedly for the body of Christ and for the world. The, the, the awesome day of the Lord's return will happen. And then the heavens will pass away with a terrible noise and the very elements themselves will disappear in fire. One of the uh, versions says, melt with fervent heat. And both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. You know, there's some pretty powerful statements and images, and I thank Carter all those months ago for putting together this video. Powerful images in scripture of what it will look like and what's to come in the last days. And, and that's what living with the end in mind. We have to grab hold of that and understand that these days are, are, are fleeting days. I, I, any given time, you can just open up your newsfeed and read stuff about scripture, actually. Let, let me read, just yesterday I flipped up, this week a CNN headline news report. Climate breakdown has begun. UN chief says, 2023 is likely to be the hottest year humanity has ever experienced. The article goes on to say, it comes after a series of extreme weather events with repeated heat waves fueling devastating fires. I just read scripture, 2,000-year-old scripture that has connections and connotations to news reports that CNN, a secular news station, is reporting. They're, you know, the hottest particular year on, in the globe's history. I don't know if that's true or not. I, I, I can't verify that for you, but that's what CNN is saying. But first, I need to still do a joke. It's an important one. Well, I just heard from Pastor Craig himself. This isn't a real funny joke, but it's, it's, it's important. I, the other day, he and Lori then got so upset at each other about how much they were gonna spend on me on Christmas. Of course, Craig wanted to spend way more on me than Lori Lynn wanted to spend on me. They got so upset with each other, they stopped speaking to each other and refusing to speak altogether. That night, not wanting to be the first to break the awkward silence, Pastor Craig, of course, wrote in a little note, wake me up at 6 a.m. in the morning. He did, you know, so he wrote it on a note, put it by our bedside. The next morning, he woke up at 9 a.m. and he went, what in the world's going on? And very angry, he turned around to find a note on his pillow, wake up at 6 a.m. <laughs> That was way funnier than you gave me credit for. <laughs> Anyways, the challenges are real out there. Today in part three of living with the end in mind, I want to wake up any of us that might be a little sleepy regarding what is going on in the world today and the numerous biblical prophecies being fulfilled in the last days occurring around the globe. There's so many, it's hard to even comprehend and share with you all of them. It's not in 20 minutes. And the depth of them. Christ followers can't afford, you can't afford to be lukewarm or indifferent in what's going on today. And some of us, I think, can be lulled into a, a kind of a passivity. 
Just it's gonna, whatever's gonna happen is gonna happen. But I want you to know that the gospel is about eternal destinations being at stake. People's eternal destination. Two weeks ago, my narrative of heaven, we wrote you know, over 105 scripture verses of what it's going to be your first day in heaven. And in two weeks' time from this day, I'm going to be sharing your first day, what it would be like in your first day in hell. It's a, it, it's a terrible, it's not one that I relish even doing. It, and I advise you, if you don't want to find out, don't come. But eternal destinations are at stake. Here are this, these cautionary words from the Apostle Paul to, his, uh, to, to Timothy, his young son in the faith. But know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. There will be perilous times. There's a transformation. One, one day, all of us, one day, and this is, this is for sure, one day you're all going to leave this planet. All of us in this room today. One day we are no longer going to be here. It'll c- occur one of two ways. At the return of Christ or upon breathing your last breath. And that is a sobering fact. And I realize that. And I'm not here to be gloomy or pessimistic. That's not my reason. But I want you to know that each day that goes by, we draw closer to one of those two days coming to pass in our lives. But a truth also that you need to firmly fix, because that sounds like pretty demoralizing, pretty terrible fate but if you hold on to this truth you're not waiting around for something bad to happen you are waiting for someone good to come it's a big difference we kind of get in that last day bad no you're waiting around for someone good to come you see the winds and fires of changing climate conditions is only one of the many signs we shared a little bit about that last week jesus said that the end time events would be also be like living in the days of Noah. You have to go back to Genesis to see what those days are like. Jesus says the last days are going to be terrible days. Like when God actually regretted making man and he ended up destroying the world by a flood because it was so wicked. Matthew, Jesus says, as it was in the days of Noah. You need to understand what the days of Noah are like. And why did God judge the earth in Noah's day so harshly? Well, Genesis chapter 6, verse 5. The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intent, and this is scripture, so I, you know me, I, I take it literally. Every intent at that time of the thoughts of his heart, not the actions, but even the thoughts of his heart, was only evil continually. It was a con- continual this is I can do bad stuff today the earth is filled with violence perversion at levels we can't even begin to comprehend the sex trade the slavery the children abuse can't begin we, we live we can't even begin to comprehend the immorality the corrupt Unsound science, there's sound science, but there's a lot of unsound science. There's a lot of unsound science. Babies created at first moment when a spermata hits the egg, not when it's born. Futile, foolish imaginations run wild. If you're in tune to God's word, just as Noah was, 
when we understand this, Noah was divinely warned of the coming apocalypse. And so has the bride of Christ been warned of the coming last days, destruction. Numerous ways, numerous amounts of evidence. So it's not a small question to answer for you. But are you living with the end in mind? It's a sobering question. There are more than 3,800 verses directly or indirectly concerned with Bible prophecy. 3,800. It's not just, you know, Jesus shall be born of a virgin, one prophecy, and like all those years later. 3,800 different prophecies in the Bible. Many, many, many have come true. These predictions are not a product of human knowledge. They're come by supernatural revelation given to us by a living God who knows all things and is able to bring them to pass. The prophecies are so, that there's a, uh, uh, I'll say a department of mathematics that deals with probability. You can figure out probabilities. Well, just the known prophecies that we know, some of the bigger ones, if you had two quatillion loonies and you put them all through the province of Ontario to a depth of 35 feet high. You painted one of them red, threw it somewhere out there, and blindfold one person to go out into the province of Ontario. He would have to pick up the red one the very first time. That's the probability of all of the prophecies of God's word coming to pass that have already come to pass. Astronomical. In fact, the Bible is one of the only books of religious literature that has prophecies. The prophetic statue is where we get to. I tell you that because of this prophetic statue that was uh, uh, given to, not statue, dream that was given to Nebuchadnezzar 2,500 years ago, 500 years before the coming of Christ. He has this dream, and it really points us. It's, a, it's an outline of history 2,500 years ago given by God to Nebuchadnezzar that Daniel interprets. Beginning with the gold head, it, it has immediate impact because it's Nebuchadnezzar's kingdom. He says, Nebuchadnezzar, this is your kingdom. You're the gold. You're, you're the head. This is, and, and the Bible says that his kingdom was larger than any other kingdom ever to be, exist on the planet. It's tucked in there. Bigger than anything. He was over all the peoples of the world. And then we move down to the silver, the chest area, and the arms, the Medes and the Persians. It took over from David. It, was, it wasn't as large, but it was still powerful. It was still pretty terrible, and it was made up of Cyrus the Great. These are modern historical things you can look up. Not modern, but they're, they're there in the secular world. Medes and Persians were made up of uh, I- Iran, Egypt, Turkey, and parts of Afghanistan and Pakistan. Then we move down to the bronze stomach, representing the empire of Greece under Alexander the Great. We kind of know that a little bit more because we're moving a little bit more in the Western culture and we kind of have a little bit more understanding of Western history where we're located than, than some of the Far East history. And then we move down to, obviously, the Roman, the iron legs, and the, uh, there, the two iron legs, the Holy Roman Empire, and would be divided into the Byzantine Empire over time. And, and, and that was the empire that Jesus walked in. Jesus was, that's when he came into earth during that time. And then we are left with the feet of clay and iron, a mixture, which up until now has not been revealed. It's an interesting note that the dreams interpreted by Daniel could not be fully understood in that day. You can't know everything. Not all prophecies are understood in the moment they come. 
Nebuchadnezzar wouldn't have any idea of which kingdom was going to come, the, the Romans or the, or, or the Greek Empire and all those. But, in fact, the Bible says that Daniel was to seal them up until the time of fulfillment. So there's some things that just aren't known. But you, Daniel, keep these words secret and seal the book until the time of the end. And many will roam about and knowledge will increase. So the time of the end is coming that, to Daniel. said, And you're going to see some earmarks of that, of the increase of knowledge. I include the last half of that verse because of the increasing knowledge that artificial intelligence is bringing to us at a level and a speed and a capacity, an accelerator rate, that we barely even know how to understand how to use it. There's going to come great challenges with that in the days ahead. The only kingdom not revealed in this statue, in this dream, up until now, is the Iron and Clay Feet Empire. The very last one. The iron clay feet is a mixture of all that remains to be fulfilled in the mighty statue of Nebuchadnezzar's dream. Just the clay and the iron. Only the last empire mixed with iron and clay remain as the horrendous weight. Think about this. Just the construction alone, as if you're a builder, the weight, the top heavy, the gold, the silver, the bronze, the iron, all resting on porcelain, clay and iron on pottery. The weight, it, it reveals, everything about this reveals something. God is revealing to the world some things. The decay, the destruction from gold to silver to bronze to iron to, it, there's the, a decay is going on. The horrendous weight. If you think about the construction, the weight cannot be sustained by the pottery at the bottom. The great statue of Nebuchadnezzar's dream of civilization received 2,500 years ago is in decay. The weight of sin around the world is deteriorating the fabric of mankind. It's happening. But mark this. This is the Bible. I'm trying to wake. I, I, it's, it's a challenging. These are challenging moments because you need to understand that things aren't just as normal. But mark this, the Bible says. There will be terrible times in the last days. And then he lists these things. What do, they, what do these terrible times look like? People will be lovers of themselves. Have you even begun to read and see how much self-love, oh, self-love, be, just be who you are, just self-love, 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 self-love. It dominates our culture. You can do it. There will be lovers of self. They will become lovers of themselves. Lovers of money. Everybody's after Either you have it or you don't, and you want it all the time. Money becomes the real critical issue. We want more. We need more. Those that have less. It's all, it's, it dominates our thinking in the church and outside. It dominates. Must have. They become boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful. We need to be grateful. Unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control. Just do whatever you want. There's a lot of luck. I'm thinking of all those that are Drinking and driving. All those things. Uh, who cares? I'm just going to get sloshed and I'm going to get in the car and I'm going to whip down the road and it doesn't matter what. Out of control. Brutal. Not lovers of the good. Treacherous. Rash. Conceited. Lovers of pleasure. It's, oh, I just want, I can do whatever I want. God will understand. God will know. No, that's last day thinking. Rather than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness but not in its power. There's a little warning shot to the church. You pretend that you're following God. You pretend you're serving Jesus. But you're denying its power. You just think, I can do whatever I want. It's not really that. But God's got to love. 
The iron and clay feet season is the final collapse of mankind. The rock of the ages will step in and crush into dust and blow away all the remnants of the gold, silver, bronze, iron empires. All of what man has created. Everything that he's done will be gone. The Bible says the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed. So there's going to be a time when the kingdom of God is established. It will never be destroyed, nor will it be left to another people. It will crush all those kingdoms and bring them to an end, but it itself will endure forever. So all of the great empires and kingdoms of this world are going to be blown away according to the Bible. And God will establish his thousand-year reign in the heavenly kingdom once and for all. Now back to the historical relevance of the statue. Now you have to get beyond just seeing the statue as, you know, these are empires. Think about it. Every empire mentioned here reveals the bloodlust and tyranny of mankind. Trying to destroy, trying to lead the world somewhere, trying to raise up, trying to be the power broker of the entire planet. In every season and seen in every tribe and nation, in every nation's history is man's corrupt, sinful nature. All through these, the wickedness that's revealed. Thousands of years, hundreds of years of wickedness, of raping and pillaging and killing and destroying and abusing. That's what these empires represent. Not just the great might of man. Power-driven, wicked men have sought to rule over and attempt to enslave other men throughout the ages. 20th century, we've seen that. There's pretty wicked dictators around. And men have always sought to, in pride to be the golden head of the world. Power, domination, greed, perversion. It's in the nature of man to control others. That's, you know, it is. And it doesn't matter what, you don't just have to be a, a king or queen to do that. You can do that at every level, just usurping your authority over employees and employers. I, boy, I was reading, art. you just pop up your feet and all this stuff comes up and it's overwhelming. Canada, United Nations saying that uh, our migrant workers, it's like the new modern slave trade of today. A news report this week, United Nations saying about bringing my, it's like a modern slave trade. Money. What press preceding the statue sets the stage for the iron clay empire of the last kingdom before the kingdoms of our God become the kingdoms of his Christ? It's the day coming when Jesus is going to return. And from the climate change of changing times of last week's message, I want to move to the last world empire. world marveled and followed the beast the antichrist there's going to be a day when this man of demonic power will be revealed and you're not it's not a it's going to be a surprise it's like a thief in the night it's it's a slow burn one of the demonic agendas of last days is seen in our statue the drive throughout the ages throughout the ages to form a one world government empire 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 control everything dictate everything and this is as close as to becoming reality as we've ever seen before if all these other empires wrapped into one what's going on today is very challenging so I I, I just want to shake us up just a little bit believers you need to live with the end in mind those who fail to see and fall asleep at the direction the world right now is going and moving toward is it's not a good thing 
It's not going as just as business as usual. You need to understand that. Not to be afraid, but to be prepared. None of us can afford to ignore the prophetic clues given to you in Scripture. The rise of a one-world government is imminent in the days ahead. It's always, there's always been the picture of that wanting to... Every preceding nation part of the statue has sought world domination, whether it's Nebuchadnezzar, Alexander the Great, whether it's the Caesars, whether it's Adolf Hitler, where all these different people. They've sought for world globalization. You even see the first attempt happening early in Scripture. The first attempt at globalization happens in Genesis chapter 11 and actually establishes the roots and is rooted in, has its roots for Nebuchadnezzar's dream being revealed. The warlord of Genesis that's seeking glory was the great-grandchild of Noah. See, that strain, that senseless insanity nerve wasn't totally wiped out. Even Noah, the righteous man, had it in his loins to be. His name is Nimrod, and he was described as a mighty hunter before the Lord. He wasn't just a mighty deer hunter, bear hunter. You've got to go beyond that. That's not. His name has roots to the meaning of rebellion. And it was Nimrod that founded both Babylon and Nineveh, two pretty important communities in the Bible that we're gonna, you read about. Nimrod was the prototype to all the future dictators. He sought power, glory. He sought wealth, nation over the world. The first with the spirit of the Antichrist, but would not be the last with the spirit of the Antichrist. And his biggest claim to fame was that he who led the building of the Tower of Babel in Sinar, where Nimrod ruled. That's where he ruled. So listen to this, Genesis chapter 1. Then they said, this is in Babylon or Sinar. Come let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens. Listen closely. This is Genesis, just after the flood. The Lord said, if... Uh, so that we may make our name for ourselves. There's man wanting to make a name, wanting to make a name. The Lord said, if as one people speaking the same language they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. That's quite a statement, but nothing will be impossible for them. So he spread the languages out. He moved them all around. And it was Nimrod of Babylon, his descendants, would play a major role in taking down Israel Dividing it, putting them in exile, and putting the young man into slavery, who we know as Daniel. The age of the iron and clay feet now are among us. The age of globalization is still moving steadily forward. Globalization, simply shared, is the global spread of finance, trade, technology, shared resources interconnected with the movement of both information and people. That's what's going on. Now, there are so many different nuances. There's over a thousand treaties been signed in the world that were that are out there. I read a few of them, but just give, let me give you a few examples. And it's not to I'm, I'm not against everything. I want you to know that the closeness and the proximity of things happening is very real. And you know we live among them and we don't understand them all the, all the time. But if you Googled United Nations Agenda 21/2030, which I did you're going to find an incredible document filled with goals and targets that began guiding the United Nations in 2016. And it's to guide them up to 2030. Some of the things that would be included, I read them. It's lengthy. And I just pull in some thoughts out. Includes words like this. One, some of their goals. Global partnerships. Sounds good. Talks about global citizenship. Not a bad idea if we could... On a collective journey. Universal peace is what they're at. 
a world free of violence and sustainable programs. All that sounds so amazing. Promoting full gender equalities. International financial institutions. They said we're after economics with strong economic foundations. International government laws. This is all a one world government kind of scenario. Now, am I saying the United Nations is terrible? I'm not. I'm just saying this is what they're stating. Listen, what is it? This is a quote in the article. Never before have world leaders pledged common action on an endeavor across such a broad universal policy agenda. Some unique things in there. Again, moving closer to the possibility, the World Health Organization created by the United Nations, by the way, World Health Organizations dictated by 35 elected officials. That's who's making the decisions for... They have other input, of course. 192 member states. That's not all of the states of the world. All the countries of the world. And, and private donations from people outside. I don't even want to begin to mention them because you'll think that I'm just off my rocker. So, But they're there. You can look them up yourself. Looks like a new world order with the possibility of an international global currency, international central bank, mandatory health policies, travel limitations, education, and indoctrination. It's, it's right there. That, that, that's globalization in one area. Governments. Travel. Globalization. You can be anywhere in the world in 24 hours. When in the history of mankind could you be anywhere in the world in 24 hours? It does not exist. You could be in Australia this time tomorrow. You could be in China, Japan, Indonesia. You can go everywhere. Entertainment. Think about it. Hollywood not only dictates their agenda to the world, it teaches and educates us in new philosophies. It's a center, and it goes all around the world. Every country, Hollywood is really... And don't, don't think they're benign. Just like, we're not a benign organization. We're trying to get a message out every way we can that Jesus is Lord. They have their own message. They're looking to get a message out. And I'm not trying to be silly in anything, but just think about it. The, the Disney world. A world of make-believe. Now, if you did a little deep dive into the roots of Walt Disney, you'd discover that he wanted to create a world without God. Now, I go to Walt Disney. I'm not saying everything's bad. I'm just saying these things exist. Globalization, they're in there. And here's another one, never before seen in the planet. The rise of billionaires. Billionaires with big tech companies controlling the media that you and I read and hear. Facebook has just outlawed some news feeds to Canada because we haven't complied to some of the things they want. Mark Zuckerberg, Apple, Steve Jobs, Amazon, Jeff Bezos, Netflix, Google, X formerly known as Twitter, all run by billionaires. These don't include China's big tech companies and conglomerates. There's many of them. There's approximately 2,700, according to Google that I used, <laughs> 2,700 billionaires in the world today. A small group of people with both wealth and power could seek to build anything they want. A tower of Babel to control the masses. It's, it's, it's there. And now you add to all of that the rise of artificial intelligence. Intended uses and unintended consequences cannot be known yet. I, I played with chat GPT. I, I, I've said, I said, give me a sermon on this. Here's three verses. I need three illustrations. Give me a, a quote from someone famous. Uh, put it in there. I need three paragraphs per, and I need a closing and an ending and an introduction. In six minutes, the whole thing was done. And I could preach it. You wouldn't know. 
that was done by ChatGPT. You've got to be cautious. There's going to be pastors that are just, hey, I'm going to do this and just chat GPT it. It's all possible. There's, uh, I read an article about AI wanting to, re- uh, somebody uh, suggested that AI rewrite the Bible co- incorporating all the major religious doctrines into one book. A one world religious book for all to embrace. The power of AI is that it can intersect with everything quickly, easily, economy, transportation, agriculture, religion, education, military. It's all there. AI can do all of that in minutes. And I'm only using the one that you don't have to pay for. (laughs) Cheap. Just to test it. I tell you all these things because I'm not thinking that the United United Nations is inherently bad or nothing good can come from the World Health Organization or that don't go to Disney or watch movies. But I want you to see beyond a shadow of a doubt that with the earth getting smaller and smaller and more interconnected than any time since the Tower of Babel, that globalization, a.k.a. the empire of clay and iron, can quickly come to pass from Nebuchadnezzar's dream. Quickly. All that's really left to do for all this to happen is someone, to, one of the 2,700 billionaires to be elected by all the other 27 billionaires to lead all of them, to influence the governments, the banks, the militaries. All the world marveled and followed the beast. That's what the Bible says. It's going to make so much sense to the world. Why not have one person, one currency, one bank, one everything? We're all the same. Everybody's the same. It makes total sense, except to you and I who understand the clay and iron foundations of the last empire before Jesus comes. A hedonistic one. Remember that in the days of Noah, God revealed secrets to Noah, divinely warning him of things yet seen. You and I have been given the opportunity to know things that the world does not know. Do not be passive. Do not just say, Kesarasarag, and go on as everything's just normal. It's not normal. You can just... I can't even begin. I, 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 feel, I, I felt overwhelmed every time I just opened up a news report. Any news. You know, eight people or 12 people um, conduct all the Bank of Canada decisions. 12 people. I don't know who they are. Do you know who they are? I looked at their names, read their bios. Do you know? They're the ones that decide Federal Reserve. They, there's few people reading. And you can either trust. I, I get it, but don't forget. Man's hearts are wicked and intently evil. Now, you can choose to believe the Bible or say that I'm just off my rocker and goofy. Some of these things seem so far beyond belief, you can't comprehend them, that anything of this nature could be occurring. So you don't. You don't look at it. Like those not being able to comprehend the great flood coming in Noah's days, right? Noah's preaching every day. What flood? (laughs) Flood. 120 years he preached, didn't win one convert. What a losing pastor that would be. (laughs) 120 years, not one convert. What flood? It's not going to change me. It's not a big deal. Scoff, 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 scoff. Where is the floods that are going to come? Until it started raining. Then things are... Christians are having a hard time accepting the hedonistic culture. In our country, at least. Everything goes. They have no understanding, no context why a government would even seek to want to control you. Because there's an agenda. An agenda is at work. Somewhere, you may not 
It's at work somewhere. You may not see it. I hardly see it. I, 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 can, I can see the overwhelming, but I don't know how to li- work within it. I just, I need to win another soul to Jesus is what I'm. But I'm telling you, follower of Christ, you sure better understand that these things are possible. They may not be for our moment in our day, but they are certainly possible. Remaining passive, lukewarm, indifferent is not an option, in my opinion. I'm struggling to wrestle. How do I bring my heart into all of these things? And there's one last thing that becomes critical for me as the pastor of this church. And in the last days, there's going to come a great falling away from the faith. Great falling away. That means followers today will not survive the, the, the false teachings, the doctrines, all of the things they'll say, no, that can't. God's just a God of love. He doesn't want. Listen to this. First Timothy. There's a warning, cautionary note from the Bible, 2,000 years old, I'm telling you, the Spirit clearly says that in later times some will abandon their faith and follow deceiving spirits. And things taught by demons. Now, I don't think anybody wants to be. They'll be deceived. They are good. They are powerful. They, the, these are principalities and powers from a different realm. And you're going, this is too wild, Pastor. You are just crazy. The scripture, just such teachings come through hypocritical liars whose consciences have been seared as with a hot iron. Second Thessalonians 2 3, regarding the day of awe, the day of the Lord. That day will not come unless the falling away comes first. You're going to see pastors and churches and bodies of believers capitulating and giving in to the things of this world. Do not be shocked by it. Do not be surprised by it. There are many false teachings and false philosophies entering the church today. You can Google, you can look at any news feed and there's some pretty big churches in the U.S. right now that are reeling from some of the latest developments. I'm not even going to mention them here, but they're, if you don't need to be part, see, if you don't need to, you don't see being part of a local church as being important, then you could find yourself looking in from the outside. I'm telling you, you need to be connected somehow, some way. It's not just podcasts, not just all the powerful guys online. Not everyone, the Bible says, Matthew, Jesus says these words, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. That should be a wake-up call. Not everyone. But only the one who does the will of the Father who is in heaven. I want to do the will of my Father in heaven. I want you all in this place. Wherever you're at, lots of faith, little faith, wherever you might be, to begin to wrestle with, what is the will of the Father for me? Because if you understand this book, you are wiser than most of the greatest intellects of the world today. You're wiser. You've been given secrets to the last days, to the clay and iron empire. But if you think this book is irrelevant and sits on your bedside collecting dust while you're scrolling through your myriad numbers of Instagram accounts and YouTubes, and you might find yourself being swept away unintentionally. You don't, it's a slow fade for some. But the beautiful thing is, when you begin to live with the end in mind, these things aren't meant to scare you, but they're meant to prepare you. So please remember, and it is a foundational anchor 
that I want you to link on to. You're not waiting around for something bad to happen. You're waiting for someone good to come. And if you can hold on to that, if you can hold that truth, if you can plant in your heart, that I can, Daniel in a slave-driven community, largest kingdom in the world, lived content, used of God, within the context of a wicked empire. So can you and I. God will use you and, you and use us to be a light in the darkness. There's some challenging things in there, no doubt. No doubt. And they'll only get more challenging. But we're the church. We're the bride of Christ. He's not gonna leave us nor forsake us. Not one of you will be left. Follow him is my, follow him. Follow him with all your hearts in these days. Be used of God. You're listening to Maple View Community Church Podcast. Mm-hmm.